folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Company on Power Talk. Please go to our website, powertalk.live. Download our free app to your smartphone so you can stream all of our live local programming, including Solomon on Blast, the Jim Parisi Show, and yours truly, the Jake Feinberg Show. Can't thank you enough for making us part of your day today. And it's a high honor. I really just cannot wait to see her in person. Uh, she's um, a rhythm maker and uh, somebody who's always looking to raise vibrations uh, through the drum kit, uh, you know, quartet settings or trio settings, uh, big band settings, and uh, she's still learning a lot about herself. Um, and she's um, she's inspiring a lot of peeps around the globe. Wen Ting Wu, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Welcome back. Can you um, talk about, uh, after a gig, um, how long uh, the vibrations keep you high after a gig? I mean, for me, when I go as an audience member, a lot of times if it's a really great show, yeah. uh, maybe it lasts a couple days or more, but I mean, for you, how, how, how long does that vibration, vibrational quality last? in a good way, like, it, vib it vibrates in a good way, sometimes you feel bad about yourself, about yourself, about what happened, and it's sad, and, you know, but I think for me, the day I got back after the gig, it, it, it would cost me some time to go to bed, like, I'll have to cool down, like, maybe two, three hours. And just to think about um, what happened on the gig and what are the things that I can do better. And, yeah, just think about it and some, get some inspiration or notes that is for me. I can do better next time. Could, could you give an example of a, of a recent experience and, and what you were, um, I mean, are you very hard on yourself? Musicians are most of the time are pretty hard on themselves. You're right, Wenting. That's a very good point. Yeah, because like I just had a conversation with a really good drummer, um, and he we we were just talking about that because it's it's hard to be a musician because sometimes um, in the way that to make yourself improve. First, it's like you have to kind of like criticize yourself, and you just have to listen back to it and think, "Oh my God, this is really bad," or like, "Okay, this is not as worse <laughs> as I thought." You know, when you listen back to it, it's just different thoughts. Like, probably you thought it was really bad when you were playing it, and you listen back to it, oh, it's not really that bad. So it's just very many different um, situations, but I think just every little small details, not a, not only just about playing, or even like the way I talk to the audience, or what kind of connection that I feel like I can make it stronger with the audience, or the set list, or just 
what, like every little details about gigs, you know, or like the way I communicate with with other musicians in the band, and just I think in the end of the day, the goal for me is just to have a better vibe throughout the whole gig. And sometimes I will really try to analyze which part of it I can do it better so that probably next time I might not play perfectly, but as at least the vibe, it was cool. Like everybody had a fun time. I think that's the most important part for me. Yeah, I mean, most times audience members aren't going to really know if you made a mistake or not anyway. Only you know if you made a mistake. But I, I mean... That's true. Can you talk about a specific time about, you know, this example of, uh, of uh, you know, sort of going back and, and, and um, having introspection and, and you, know, you know, ultimately mm-hmm. how you've incorporated it into your, you know, as it, I mean, it's almost today, it's, it's like, um, you know, you, you, you listen back, like Paul Desmond, you know who that cat is, right? The mm-hmm. whole, okay, so mm-hmm. like, you know, like people are like, they look back at that time and they're like, he looked like an accountant. He looked like, a, like you know, <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is that, but here's the point, is that at that time, it wasn't about the superficiality of looks and, you know, uh, it was like what came out of his horn was so beautiful. Um, yeah. And, and that to me, to me, it's so much more to, de- unfortunately, uh, I mean, not in all cases, but, you know, it depends on the kind of show, but, it's a lot more about on-stage demeanor, entertainment presence, and how you look than yeah. even if you play well. And, and so, you know, you kind of have, you know, you're, you're, you're a female, you are good-looking, you play the drums, so you kind of have that whole package. But c- can you talk about how you, uh, like an experience of... Uh, uh, of leaving leaving the bandstand on a night and and um, and what what you are critical about. Mm. Um. For me, I didn't really think about how I look on stage a lot. This <laughs> <laughs> is to this stage of my life. Like I'm trying to develop my career more. Then I start to think about more about that. So, but for sure, for a long period of time, I just wanted to play, and I just wanted to play well. And, but like, I think as a musician, you were really, at least for me, I will start to think a lot about from an audience perspective. That's why, like, this is related to what I just say, that how do I generate good vibe? on the bandstands and give those good vibes like uh, spread it to the audience and the whole environment around us while we were playing. And I think recently I had a big experience it was a gig that I was playing and um um I think the 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 situation that I don't like the most, it's I felt like I can't control. It's either 
the vibe or either my hands or my technique or it's just the whole situation I don't feel I wasn't very feeling very comfortable that's what I really don't like the most on the gig and um and I had the experience like I think it's last week and I didn't have that for a while already and that came back again and I was like oh no like, <laughs> like why like I felt like I improved. I I had more control about myself, you know. But I think sometimes I realize something is bigger than yourself. Some things are just not what you can control. And I try to, for me, I try to analyze that and be, be clear about what are the parts that I can really do better and what are the parts that I just can't do anything about it because that's just not from me. But, um, so what happened to that gig was that it was kind of awkward because, like, the band leader was just kind of an awkward person. <laughs> yeah, I, I did, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he played well. That's the thing. Like, he played well. And I like playing with him when we are in a very relaxed and comfortable vibe, you know. But at that gig, because it was his his gig, and I think he was a little nervous after his. Maybe, insecu maybe inse he, insecure, he, insecure, maybe. Yeah, and just the way he talked to audience, it's so awkward. So the audience felt so awkward, too. Uh, poor so, Wen Ting on the, you must be just hiding behind the the drum set on this unbelievable <laughs> try to play the drums and support them to make everybody sound good including myself but it's just the whole i think the whole vibe is much stronger than me you know i i feel like i am not um like my my goal is to be as strong as possible. Even though nothing's happening around me, I can be the person who lifts everybody up. You know what I mean? That's kind of my goal, but I'm still learning. Yeah, I'm still learning. No, you are a deep deep spirit. I, I mean, I I think that. What what do you mean by lift everybody up? Exact? Can you can you go deeper on that? I mean, are you talking about people like that might be? I mean, I just came back from Los Angeles. I was interviewing um. Uh, his horn player Don Menza, Titan uh, musician, and he was on the road with Maynard Ferguson, probably 250, 300 dates a year. I mean, and it was hard. I mean, it was just the travel was hard, and you know, there's a lot of hard drugs being used, and you know, it's just uh, you know, they were. I mean, I think that there were nights where even through the fat the fatigue and the burn, they, you know, you talk about just finding it inside you to take it to you know, take the, the band up to another frequency. I mean, I often wonder, like, when you're in the midst of <clears throat> of a gig and it's frustrating because it's not really flowing the way you want it to, you know, do you sometimes yeah. hit, uh, you know, hit some, um, you know, the a wrong note or, or you know, you pop, you hit a cymbal where you shouldn't just to sort of throw people off? I, I remember, uh, like, you know, where it's just like you get people out of that, that original mindset and you do something where you actually, you know, 
take everybody out and you mm. do it through playing kind of almost spastic. You know what I'm trying to get at? Mm. Yeah, I think for me it's wow, this is a very um broad and interesting topic, I think, cuz there are different for me, I think there are different aspects of this uh topic. Like one it's like musically just by musically on uh, what you can do as a drummer to lift the band up. And another thing, it's kind of like personality or like socially, you know, how you, how you communicate or just be yourself and be comfortable not to be awkward or upset or like you just give up, something like that. I think both of the aspects it's are very related and there are ways to do that. I think musically to do that, be able to do that, you just have to be really strong and know that what you're doing is correct or at least you believe that you're correct. And, but not just being like, hey, I don't care what you're doing. What I'm doing, it's right. Just follow me. Not like that, but it's just kind of like just be yourself and not to follow everything around you because everything around you might not be the best situation or best choice that other musicians are making. This happens a lot in the sessions because sessions, like you never know who you're, who you're going to play with. And some player, they might just live in their own world, you know, and they're not listening. So. Well, that's the worst part. I mean, that to me is like, that's sort of like. That's very frustrating. <laughs> very yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I, I feel like that's emblematic of a lot of the. the I mean, not everybody. I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but I mean, it's really. I mean, the greatest things about those this the the period of time that I love in music is that. I mean, it was just a full Bill Evans or, you know, it was all, you know, just like, you know, it was a full conversation, you know, and I, I don't know how depressing it would be to be up there with somebody who just wasn't whose ears were not open. They've never yeah. been open and, you know, they might have some te some technique, but you never or they might not. <laughs> or they might not. That's the worst. <laughs> that, that's the that is absolutely the worst. But I mean, I don't see. I don't know why you. Um, uh, uh, you know, unless it was a really high paying gig, I don't know why you'd ever put yourself in that position. I, I, I mean, that that happens most of the time in the session. You're talking about recording like recording session. No, no, I mean jam sessions. Oh yeah, well that yeah. yeah, well that's a little bit. That's so. How do you handle that? I mean, do you actually walk off the bandstand? What do you do? Um, I, sometimes I, I, at first I'll try to communicate with them. I'll look at them all the time and try to be like, hey, I'm here. Hey, listen to what I'm doing. I'm trying, I'm trying to make this work, you know. But if then I figure out they're not even listening or they're just in their own world and, and they... play. I'm just going to try my best and see what's good for this situation. And sometimes it's just by playing less. 
Because if you start to fight with them, it's it's going to be worse. So I mean, so that when you and I just want to be clear for the audience, the when you talk about fighting, you're talking about like trying to raise the volume level on your drum kit, uh, or yeah, or try to be like if you're not together and you're trying to play a lot of notes and be like, you know, sometimes it's like it's kind of like you're having a speech and like or you're having a debate with someone and you just kind of like randomly burst out a lot of words because you just feel (laughs) feel like oh my god I'm losing it so you know you just kind of burst out random words which doesn't mean anything I mean that's like really making the situation worse and more complicated so sometimes I'll just like, okay, it's okay. I can play well another time, <laughs> or I can sound good another time. I'm just gonna just play and try not to ruin a lot of things. And most of the time, I mean most of the time, those players they tend to play a lot. That's why I said I just tend to play less. No, it's spot most on. The There's nothing. I mean, that's what in in the business they call that. They're just wanking it, you know. Yeah, they're just playing random notes and they're like living in the world and they're playing a lot of notes and they feel good about themselves. And then I'll be like, okay, it's it's okay. <laughs> you do you, I do me, you know, like. But yeah, that is, to me, like as somebody who's carving out their livelihood in that, it's, 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 you're giving me some nice inside perspective on how humbling and, um, that a musician's life can be because that's about as mo- unfulfilling as it can get. I mean, as great as a great gig, it, and you know, quite honestly, there were there were so many guys like you know rock musicians. They'd say we could have forty bad nights, except we have that one magical night, and it makes it all worth it. So, I mean, I guess you can go yeah. through like you know these ruts, but you know, I mean, how often do you? Uh, I mean, how many how many gigs? Do, do you play like I mean you're talking about jam sessions too um, but do you feel like you commit to, to gigs with people that you really trust are going to have a conversation with you uh, gigs it also depends on do you really know those players because most of the gigs I play uh, the musicians who ask me to play or the musician I ask to play with me, most of them are my friends. Or at least I play with them like one or twice before. So I know how they play and I know that we communicate and we vibe, you know. Mm. We have a good thing going on. That's why they ask me to play and I ask them to play. That's the most situation. And also like another factor is the audience, but that you can't control. But I think at least um, if everybody on the bandstands are on the same page, it won't go too far. Like, it won't go too bad. You just, because you just, I just enjoy playing with those people. But in other um, gigs, some gigs that I did, it's that I don't really know the band leader. Maybe someone asked me to sub for the drummer. Maybe someone you know, friends, friends who asked me to do this, and I just go and play. I don't know who they are. I might listen to the music first if they send me something so I can prepare for it. But I just walk in and play. And that's the time that I'll start to figure out, okay, what's their style? Hmm. 
and how I can play with them and how 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 does it work so it it really depends on what kind of situation you're in not every gigs are all the same and um like one time I played with a big band and I never played with them before I just came in there and and play and like the bass player wasn't using the amp so and it was a big band, so it was hard to hear the bass because the horns are loud. But the band leader kept asking me to play louder as a drummer. So I was like, man, but I can't hear the bass, you know? Wait, oh, hold on. I just want to be clear. You were in a big band. The guy had an unamplified acoustic bass, and the band leader was telling you to play louder. Yeah. He wanted you to play louder, but he probably couldn't hear the bass either. Yeah, <laughs> but I think the reason why he wanted to, me to play louder probably he feels like the horns are not too tight and he needs the drummer to keep it there. And so how did that work? I mean, you know, I mean, it, uh, it's actually unfortunate. I, I kind of like the fact that the bass player wasn't playing was playing on amplified. It's a it's a shame you couldn't hear him at all. But what did you what did you do? I mean, because um, that was the first time I played with that band, so I tend to play more conservative just to figure out the whole situation and the environment and the all the other players. But that's the comment from the um, band leader. So if that's what he wants, I'll just do it. So I play louder, and he actually liked that. I was like, okay, so, okay. <laughs> like, it's probably not the decision I will make, but I mean, everybody's different. You can't say who's right or who's wrong, you know? And um, he is the leader. Be myself at the same time. So I ask him, like, I, I ask him a few questions, but I figure out that's what he wants. It's okay. I'll just play louder and just play, you know. So I think he he thinks what he wants is more from the drummer. Like, cause people, you know, people really when people see rhythm section, sometimes they just see drummers. Like, if somebody's rushing, oh, probably it's drummer. And mm -hmm. oh, rhythm section too loud, drummer, you know. <laughs> or you know, it's it's always the drummer, so. If he that's what he wants, it's it's okay. I, I try to play louder and see how it works. Like I mean, uh, holding a positive attitude that's also very important. I think, cause you, if you're just like, oh this that's not going to work, blah blah blah, and but that's not going to help the whole situation. Just for me, just see as an experience, and I learn something from that, and. You know, just find the best way in that situation. That's what I thought. Talking to Wen Ting Wu here on the Jake Feinberg Show. I, you know, I just want to be clear. We're ha I've, we've been having, like, a lot of issues with our our sound in the studio. I just want to make sure you're in a hallway right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I just want to make sure that, that, that there, it's not like – it's actually kind of cool. Like, your voice has – it's not out of control, but there is, like a, like, a slight echo, and I just wanted to make sure that – 
that uh that that's what it was. Is it is it bad that the echo? Maybe I can find. No, no, it's no, no, I, no. I, I'm just very relieved because we've been having so many problems with the sound in here, and I was like, maybe it's the messenger. No, you sound fine. You sound fine. I, you know, I mean, Wenting, do you feel like when you walk down the street, you have your own rhythm when you walk, and you, because I'm finding more and more that when I play the drums, the more that I'm actually dancing. Mm. playing you know even though i'm mm. sitting down but it's like a walk almost you know like i'm walking mm. with my own rhythm and that in itself enhances whatever i'm doing on on the drum kit and i just wonder you know i mean i'd love to see you walk down the street do you feel like your 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 walking <laughs> is like you're drumming uh i mean yeah in some type of way when i walk i don't really think about certain rhythm or you know but i think when you when you think about playing drums it's um it's drum is a very physical instrument and it's just like dancing it's really just like dancing i'm not a very good dancer but <laughs> at least i can like you know move around with the music and not looking very awkward <laughs> yeah i mean i bet you're a pretty good dancer i mean you can you cannot be a I mean, to me, it's like, but I mean, people have their own way of dancing, you know, like, it's not like good or it's just like, to me, it's like, it's very liberating because when I'm just sedentary and playing, um, I just get I, my, my focus drifts away from what I, you know, what my priority is, which is playing a groove. And then when I'm really in that groove, I find myself just really dancing. And I, I mean, just in general, everybody has their own way of walking. And, you know, I'm not saying you're like walking like a bossa nova rhythm or, a, you know, Afro-Cuban <laughs> rhythm or things like that. But, um, I mean, do you feel like it's that innate inside of you? I mean, you know, and and uh, and how much yeah. of your how much per, how much are you still working on adding humor to your to your playing? Oh, every every day, every day I, I play. Every time I play, I'm trying to generate a good groove, a good feel, and um, it's like I said, it's a very physical instrument. So all your limbs and the balance between them has to be right. And so that sometimes I'll just sit down and play the same groove over and over again, just to make my limbs like very smooth and fluent, and I feel it, you know. And sometimes in my practice, I'll feel there's a gap, like what it's in my head, what I'm feeling it, it's, it's there, but I can't express it on the drums. So that's when, we're, when I will really sit down and start to practice that and try to generate that groove myself. So just to train my limbs and to like produce the sound and the feel that I'm hearing in my mind and what I'm hearing from the record. So yeah, every day I'm, I'm practicing that every day. Do you listen to a lot of Kenny Clark? Yeah. Which records do you love with him the most? Um, I think it's the one he had with, um, Dizzy? Did he play with Dizzy? Yeah, no, he did play. He did play with Dizzy. 
I'm just curious about what you like about his style. I mean, without having seen you play, I'm just like, I just know you're not like a, a massive, you know, like fusion drummer. I, I, I feel like you are um, not a maybe post bop somewhere in there, but it's Kenny Clark. His use of the bass drum was uncanny and so cool. And um, yeah, I just wasn't yeah. sure about you know who was influencing you as as it relates to you know using the entire kit and. Uh, and and because those guys, I mean Papa Joe Jones and those guys, I mean they were just like masters, you know. And today I just feel like it's uh, the bass drum has become real played out. And in fact, it's really hard to. Um, uh, sometimes it's really hard to hear the melodic qualities of the drums because the drums in the fifties and sixties were really an accompanying instrument, and now they're really at the forefront of all kind of mod music, whether it's an electronic drum machine or or a, or a real drums it's like it's it's taken a lead role and it's increased the volume of the music yeah um like candy clock it's for me i listen to his bebop drumming because that's what he's really famous for because because that's what he's really good at and it's just the way that he put all those bass drum so slick and so smooth it's like it's really it's really just part of the sound of the drum kit you know I don't think he's treating it as like oh this is a bass drum you know he's just treating it as a sound and he's really using that to communicate with the horn players and create a, a conversation and a good groove at the same time in on the bandstand and he's just so clean, and he can play really fast, but still very clean. Uh, so I think that's. Hmm? No, I mean it's. I'm I'm looking here that he did a lot of stuff with with Dizzy, but some a lot of live stuff, and he played with the uh, Clark Boland, uh, uh, the the Clark Boland big band with with Kenny Clark. I, I haven't heard those sessions before. Do you? <laughs> I mean, do you? Um, do you, do you go back like, what kind of jazz scene is there, or what kind of music scene is in is in Taiwan when you go back? Um, uh, I was, cause I haven't, um, I haven't been back for like, I moved I moved here to New York two years ago. Yeah. And I went back um two months ago. But I went back really, really a short period of time, so I don't, I didn't get to have a lot of chance to check out this, this scene uh, that time. But when I was there, I'm, I feel like it's more and more people are interested in jazz and they wanted to learn jazz. And some of the venues are, o are actually opening for like, and they're willing to book jazz musicians. So I think that's a good thing. I guess my question is, what do you when you say learn jazz? Can you learn? Can you learn jazz? Uh, on the you know, how do you learn it? I mean, you only learn it by playing with other people, and then that whole thing has to be a conversation. Um, yeah. I know you weren't there to check out the scene. You know, you were probably there to eat lots of delicious food and see your family and all that <laughs> stuff. 
you yeah. know, you know, and and that stuff. But I mean, I guess all I'm saying is, our, um, it's obviously growing in popularity, but God, it would it seemed to me that you deserve to get some gigs back there and 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 be able to take, you know, some of the language you've vocabulary you've developed on the bandstand and bring it back there. Yeah, cause like that's actually the reason why I'm I decided to move here because I just want to play with more people and like great musicians and I mean that thing in Taiwan it's 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 okay it's not that bad but this community community is very small so it's like there are not a lot of players or like people that you can really communicate that well all the time i agree so. i went to gaoshong uh i mean i couldn't i found like two record shops you know there were barely any records there you know yeah and that's it and that's a big city you know so yeah that being said i don't know do you ever have you ever had a chance to meet or play <clears throat> play with cecil McBee? who he's a bass player played with pharaoh saunders uh cecil McBee. No. So he, he he was he goes over there and plays a lot uh, at like a, they have jazz festivals over there and, oh. and things like that. But I, you know, again, it's all these uh, it's all this terminology and and uh, what what's the what what kind of what what's been the the uh, most different music that you want to um, you know uh, sort of extend out? I mean, are you just in the pocket of of melodic improvisation or? Are you looking to uh, play reggae or you know psychedelic music or what? 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 What do you look? How are you looking to grow uh, as a just a, as an overall uh, musical drummer? Oh, that's actually um, what I'm um, what I'm trying to do now. It's like just to play more like different kinds of music because um like when i was i when i moved here two years ago i really oh I, oh when i was back in taiwan i played rock music and i was in an indie band and i played with um some singers pop singers and i played jazz and i played big band so i my background is kind of like that and, but when I moved, I, when I moved here, I really wanted to learn jazz, so I went to the school for like study to studying jazz, and uh, I met like a lot of masters, and they, and I learned a lot from them, and also just the spirit of this music, you know, and that's the part I think, I. to play a lot more music like different style like okay so when when I was still in school I'm I was also open to every opportunity so I play with um I play in a big band in a small group that's jazz but I also play with um a percussion group are you kidding me so, yeah are you kidding this is that see now now we're getting some I mean what is that you got like gongs and 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 t uh, and you make people bring their own. How how big is that that unit? 
Uh, cause like we had um we had percussion department in our school too. So, uh, I was playing a piece that um. I'm I'm also playing kind of like drum set or just kind of drum set. Like I we make I mix up the bass drum, the snares with some percussion instruments with some like wood blocks. Oh, I love it. I where I need some tapes of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's on my YouTube channel. You can go see it if, if you're interested in it. <laughs> oh, I did. So the and uh, so. You're and you're so you're basically playing your feet on the drums, but you might be playing other other percussion in your hands. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, I'll say it still functions more as a drum set instrumentally, but musically, it's more like a percussion. So I'm not just playing grooves or backbeat. You know what I mean? I'm playing rhythms, but I'm through drum sets. So I guess instrument-wise, it's still a drum set, but musically, it's not really a traditional function of a drum set. And it was, um, I think I did two. One of it, it's like a Latin project that we were doing. Oh, I did three, Latin project, and the other one, it's, I was just playing, um, the cowbells with the bass drum and the snare drum and the flow tom and I was playing with um, conga player and a djembe player so like three of us we kind of um, group uh, ha uh, make an Haitian traditional drumming group and we were accompanying for dancers so that was a dance concert that was a dance show that they, they were doing traditional Haitian dance, and that's what I was playing in that. Wow. So the, the material we were playing was just Haitian music and a little, like, fusion-wise, because we, we, we have only three people, you know, we don't have a group, because usually they have, like, a circle of percussion player. We have only three, so I was just basically functioning as a bell player and the bass drum just to keep everybody tight and the flow tom just to you know communicate with the dancer so yeah well let's let, i mean she just opened a, a a pandora's box here let's let's take a listen to this uh this is off Wen ting Wu's facebook i'm sorry her youtube channel and we'll come back and talk about it
If we had more time, we'd play through the whole thing. That was spectacular. <laughs> oh, thanks. I really dig it. I mean, so, yeah, I can see you actually kept your sticks in your hand. You just were playing different uh, different types of, uh, you know, you had different sounds going on there. Uh, what a... Yeah. So do you play, does that play, come out, does that play live? Do you guys go out and play live in that setting, or is that just something that, that's done behind, uh, you know, in the... It's like a one-time performance, Yeah. But if, is there anybody who wants to collaborate with me in this chamber music setting, I would love to play. <laughs> I, I would, I, I'll, I'll participate in it too. I can't say that I'd make a lot of sense there, but that is unbelievable. I mean, that, that is so cool. And that was your idea. Um, it was a piece by Javier Diaz, and he's a really great percussion player from uh I think he's originally from Cuba, but he's um, he's now in he, he has been in New York for a long time now, and that was his piece, and it was so fun to play. It was a little complicated because like all the um, polyrhythm that he was doing on those different drums, but the result came out really nice, and like it's just he's really really good at rhythm. Yeah, it's just all the sound and all the different pot rhythms that he's, he's trying to write between those instruments it really it's a very nice piece and fun to play when is the in the new year Wenting? when when should i come to visit you um anytime you want <laughs> i'll be here in new york um yeah i think till i guess I you know what I, i'd like to to yeah. do it so that uh, that you have some, uh, you know, some, uh, I mean, we can obviously do uh, our own, create our own content, but I mean, I'd like you to have some gig, maybe a gig or two. I don't know if you have anything lined up, but I would like to come see you maybe in March or something like that. Nice. Um, now I'm like, uh, like besides jazz, I also kind of like started a R&B kind of pop song group. So um, I think we're now still preparing for our music material, but when that's done, we'll start. I'll, we'll start to book some venues and play. And wow, pop pop nice. music! I mean, that's going to be wild to see that. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see you after like, your 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 journey into into melodic improvisation and then. Bring you know because you were in those pop bands in Taiwan and now you're gonna be able to add a lot yeah, of I, yeah I always love like playing grooves you know just playing grooves and just feel nice and I I I love that too it's like different aspect of music that and they and then both satisfies me you know like R and B that's more like vibe vibing and good feel and the the, the great pocket and that makes everybody wants to dance and jazz wise it's more like the conversation and just get to know those different players and how they play and the conversation and the improvised part is 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 interesting for me so those are the both things that I'm trying to do now so yeah I hope we can have some gigs like next year too Either way, I'm coming. We're gonna we're gonna spend some time together and and, and uh, inspire some people around the world. I'm 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 very proud of you, and um, 
I wish you all the best in this uh, holiday season. Let's just stay in touch, and uh, when things come up, yeah. let me know, okay? Okay, I look forward to seeing you. Bye, Winting. Okay, have a good day. <laughs> Thank you. All right, bye. Okay, bye. bye. What a sweet woman. Wenting Wu, young, still growing, and a really, really beautiful drummer. That's it for the Jake Feinberg Show today. We'll be back later this week. Until then, peace.